going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today's episode, we got a special guest. I've worked with him back in the Clevelander days, and I've learned a lot from him when it comes to business thoughts, DJ, music, and whatnot. He's got a lot of knowledge and experience and when it comes to the music industry, especially here in South Florida. He's a DJ, MC, an entertainment director. He owns his own DJ business across South Florida. He is the one and only DJ LS. This is going to be a great episode. And I am thrilled that he said yes, that he's going to be part of today's episode. So be sure to like and subscribe to the channel for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast uh, for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and as well as YouTube at thelonewolfpod.com. That's lonewolfpod.com. You can also follow me at any of my social medias for any updates at Wolf's Music. Now, without further ado, let's get started. This is the Long Wolf Podcast. All right, man, here we go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Long Wolf Podcast. Today's episode. We got a special guest in the building. This guy, I've been knowing him since the Clevelander days. I've already mentioned this in the intro, so I cannot stress it out. and I can't mention more about it. So I want you guys to hear from his perspective, his view, all the stuff that he has done through the industry. So guys, please welcome the one and only DJ LS. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. What's up, Ralph? How you doing, Papa? Oh, man. Doing good, man. Lots of power moves I'm trying to make here, man. You know, besides awesome. besides doing podcasts, trying a little little music on the side, but here and there. I mean, you got to do something, you know, with this whole pandemic we're facing. We, we we need to start like moving around and doing other side hustles, you know, to get that done. Sure. No, I agree, man. I'm uh, really proud of you, man. Happy to be a part of it and happy to be able to play any kind of role in anything that you're producing, creating. And uh, I just love seeing that you're out here doing it and putting in the work. So anything I can do, let's get it. Oh, man. Appreciate it very much, man. We'll get into that later on. But first things first, for those that don't know you, can you give us a little bit of bio, a little background and what you're doing and what have you done and what have you reached up till mm-hmm. now? Oh, man, you're just making me feel old at this point, man. This I just, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to <laughs> hey, we're all young people. What are you talking about? We're all young right here. Um, I'll just make a long story short, man. I was born in Colombia, raised down here in South Florida my whole life Mm. and been blessed to, uh, be raised in the multicultural melting pot. That is South Florida, uh, being Colombian myself, uh, I feel very at home in this city and it's been like my, uh, it is my home and, uh, I've traveled to other places, but I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Uh, I truly feel at home here. Um, and throughout that process, I have uh, created a career of DJing, MCing, being a radio personality, working as an entertainer, and uh, currently uh, the director of entertainment at uh, the world famous Clevelander Hotel. Boop, boop. Where we had the opportunity to work together. I uh, MCed and hosted shows and DJed at the Clevelander for 10 years, and for the past year, I've been the entertainment director. So I've been blessed to uh, continue that path through the Clevelander. And uh, now we're here, 2020. Um, in the past years, I've done a lot. I've worked for Power 96, 
we currently are, are still doing stuff. Obviously, it's COVID-19 right now, and things have changed in the relationship to how we do mixes and, and, and work on the radio. But I just actually finished making a mix for Power 96 for this weekend for July 4th, Independence Weekend. And uh, that's why we had to adjust the time to do our interview. So that's one of the places I work. I have my own company where I've uh, um, done many weddings, corporate events. It's a mobile DJ company. So I've had that for the last, I think it's eight years now. And uh, that's pretty much what I do, man. I'm blessed to DJ for a living, to be an entertainment director, and to be able to work with amazing talents like yourself and a lot of other different people in that process. So. This is where we're at. This is who I am. That's what's up, man. That beautiful. I love it, man. You just give me your entire story all under one paragraph. I love it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> go. We're going to get into some of those stuff that you just mentioned. Because in one of the, obviously, I, we're going to get into the whole entertainment director in the Clevelander. We got lots to talk about that. But before we get into that, um, tell us a little bit, like, what got you into music in general? Like, what is it that got you, like, you know, I'm going to be a DJ or going to be something part of the industry or something related to it. Like what prompted you to it? Well, it's something that happened by pure faith. Uh, I would say uh, I never expected to do anything in the arts. Uh, I always went to school and mm -hmm. thought I needed to make sure I got a degree and followed a career path and took that career and, you know, make sure I saved some money to retire one day and live that type of life. Um, I was blessed enough to be able to go to university. I got a bachelor's and I later then completed a master's in business. Wow. And, um, I always thought, you know, I was supposed to just do corporate America and, um, propel my career that way. Uh, but around, uh, the time of being a teenager, about 15 or 14, uh, I started liking, uh, music, uh, a lot, a lot more. I always played sports, soccer, basketball. Those were my two favorite sports, and I played them for many, many, many years. And I always um, found an escape through that. But as I got older, around 15, I started finding an escape through dancing and going out and having a whole lot more fun than just focusing on sports. That turned into me liking breakdancing and what we used to call in a long time ago raving. And it's probably still the same thing, but people change up the names. But uh, a lot of breakdance, pop locking and all that. I love that. Uh, I used to be amazed at guys that could do the, the cool breakdancing moves, the power moves, the pop locking, the raving. Wow. All that stuff. So I would go out and I had friends and one of those friends was a DJ. And little by little, I would just love seeing him DJ and how cool it is to be the DJ at that point in time. And then eventually... Uh, I got, I lost my job where I was at. I was about 23. I think that's how I was about 23, 22 and, um, losing my job at that moment. I didn't know which way I was going to go. And I started just kind of doing DJing for fun, uh, off a laptop. I never was part of a generation that used crates or records. Um, I just, I, I, when I came in, I didn't have the money to buy turntables, buy records, mixers, all the equipment you needed. So what I did was, um, I got a laptop. I already had the laptop and I bought software back then. It was virtual DJ. It was just starting. It was real cheap. It was like a $90 program. Yep. And that's how I started. It was for fun. And I did it, uh, just to kind of mess around at home. And I would ask my friend for tips. How do you do this? How do you do that? 
And that just turned into a hobby. And little by little, I started making random mixes and they were horrible and they would burn your ears. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to give props to my wife who I've been with for almost 11 years now. She had to listen to a lot of my early stuff because oh, wow. I made her some mixes. And yeah, she endured uh, that painful experience of listening to my mixes early on when I was just starting. But you had to, you had to start somewhere. So that hobby turned into me kind of getting some money here and there. And then eventually from there, I uh, started promoting clubs and doing events on a large scale and stuff like that. And uh, I once got an opportunity to just get on a mic, something I was really scared of. But I had kind of started developing uh, public speaking in college because you had to do it for your classes. So you had to present in front of classrooms and all that. And I used to get really nervous, and really scared to be in front of people. And I would sweat a lot and I, I hated that experience. So I made sure I learned how to face that fear and uh, volunteer to publicly speak and all that. So I got a lot more comfortable with speaking out in front of people. And then in one event that I was promoting for, I, they needed somebody to talk on the mic and I got on the mic and I spoke and they spoke and, and they kept me on the mic the rest of the event and it went great. And that kind of opened up an experience of me being on a mic. And then eventually that ties into DJing because if you DJ, you naturally should use the mic. Not everybody has to, <clears throat> and not everybody does, yep. but naturally it's one of the tools you can use when you're, uh, DJing a set or rocking a party and so forth. I agree. So that turned into, you know, two dynamic areas that I started to kind of find more love and put more time and practice more and spend a lot more time doing. And eventually uh, that hobby started making me money uh, on the side. And then I uh, promoted at the Clevelander and the program director there at that time had seen me DJ and get on the mic. So he invited me to come MC at the Clevelander just to try out because they were going to lose their MC and they just kind of wanted to start training somebody. That was 11 and a half years ago. And wow. uh, yeah, that turned from just a tryout uh, to being groomed into an MC, trained and working under a lot of very uh, experienced and well-groomed MCs. And obviously DJing behind the, 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 the scenes after that, little by little, and just trying to learn more and learn more and learn more and getting my opportunities here and there, wherever I could. And eventually I quit my job and did this full time. And that was uh, 11 years ago. So the rest is history. That's amazing, bro. <laughs> That's really amazing. And, and it's funny that you said a couple of things that you said kind of similar to my experience when I started as a DJ, like, for instance, you started, you said you started around 15, right? Uh, well, yeah, my love for like dancing and stuff and being around DJs. Yeah. yeah. I, st I actually started DJing 15, not with turntables. It was all CDs, the little, little machine, new marts, the CDs, the small little jog wheels. Yeah. The reason why I got those is because it had the sickest effect, which you all know it's the flanger. <laughs> when I hear that on a reggaeton beat, man, they, they start missing. I was like, Woo! I want that. I how you do that. Oh, yeah. And before you know it, I started doing the same thing. And then little by little, I progress into the laptop and then buying a uh, virtual DJ. 
Yeah, that's like basically your standard for anybody who's starting a uh, DJ career. That's literally your the first program that you you usually get, man. Um, yeah. it's 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 incredible. It's it, it's amazing how your life experience. Like we share a little bit of similarities. I was a promoter as well, and you somehow managed to groom yourself into something bigger than what you should have been. You know. <laughs> Because you yeah. actually start, you say to yourself, you never planned to be an MC. You just DJ. And I agree with you with the whole aspect of being a DJ, having a mic. I do not agree to the people that actually DJ every single second. You know which ones I'm talking about? The, they yeah, play they cool. play the drop and then all of a sudden, hey, when everybody makes a noise. It was a blah, blah, blah. I want everybody to make some noise. Make some noise. It's like, dude, breathe. Just breathe. Well, you know what? I, I, one thing you'll learn uh, as you DJ with so many different from people from different cities. Mm. Uh, I've gotten the opportunity to DJ in different cities. I've uh, been blessed enough. Uh, Chicago, Tennessee. Uh, I got to do an event in Vegas. I got to do a few other spots that I've gotten the opportunity and been blessed to, to do. You learn that... Um, Everybody, every city has a different vibe, the way they like to vibe okay. out, you know. Uh, New Yorkers are very famous for, like, hip-hop New York guys. That's how they get. Like, there's a lot of reggae, Jamaican-type style. I agree. Caribbean experiences that when they DJ their sets, if they don't get on the mic, people don't vibe the same way. And I know that mm. you and me might be like, oh, well, let the song do what the song does and don't talk so much, but... That's part of an experience. There's people that like that and, and they groove with it and they like to feel that energy. Mm -hmm. And I, I've learned that, you know, you can't sit there and judge, you know, because you don't like it. You got to learn to accept. And maybe, you know, there's certain things that are cool about that that help your uh, repertoire be more uh, complete um, instead of just being like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. But I get you. I get you totally. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be it's a tool yeah. in the toolbox. You can't just stick with it. But it's learning how to use a little bit of it throughout your set so that you can come in uh, and contact with the audience, and have a relationship with them. I agree. I agree. I like. I have nothing against it. It's just, I find it annoying in my personal opinion that they talk on every single second. But I do feel like there should be a balance in which, like, you play a song, you MC. Don't just be one of those DJs that actually don't say anything from the entire set because you know it. I don't know, like you, you're not trying to, you're not trying, you're not trying enough to entertain me. You know, that's what the DJs are supposed to be: entertaining the crowd, reading the crowd, see what's up. You know, give a little shout out here and there. And unfortunately, I see a lot of DJs uh, that I've seen around overall that don't have that sort of passion. And maybe it's because of what you said before: is that maybe they're actually scared to talk for the mic and they don't have the the balls to actually do go for it. Or, or sometimes they're just like, nah, I don't I don't really like it. I don't know. But it, I agree that some DJs should get a little bit more involved with, when it comes to a little bit in C. Like every DJ should have a little, at least an ounce of NC in, inside you if you're going to actually be DJing for a huge crowd, whether it's like 20 people to 100 people to 1,000 people, especially those uh, bigger crowds. Like you, may, you at least need to have some MC in yourself. Like, just say what makes the noise or everybody dance or jump or something, you know, but don't don't go through all the entire uh, set without because then, you know, people won't 
will we'll not know who you are and I don't know if the promoters will ever hire you again. <laughs> no, you know what? I it, it's an art. It's an art and I think you are somebody who's produced music and understand that if I was to tell you, you know, guys that produce EDM and don't do anything else, I feel that's, you know, they're losing their talents when they could do all this other stuff with music. Yeah. But MCing is a it's the same concept. There's DJs that don't need a mic that can lay a set and they're talking to you through the music. And yeah. they're so good at doing that that you don't need the mic. You you love what they do. And there's other DJs that like myself, I'm not the most talented uh the turntablist. I don't know how to do all the tricks. I've learned a lot of the things that I need in my repertoire to make my sets dynamic. But the mic is one of my stronger tools that mm -hmm. I like to use. And um, it's helped me create my own style. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that just makes you more diverse. It allows you to uh, play and have an experience with the audience versus them just listening to music. They're now listening to you and coming together with that experience. So you're, you're, the mic brings those two things together. It's not just listening and music. It's bringing it all into an experience and using the mic allows you to kind of make that experience a little more real live and all that. So, yeah, I get you, man. It's a it's something that some DJs, they, they're fearful. They're scared of being on the mic. And I understand. I get it. it the less you do something, the more you're going to fear it. But um, I, I would always recommend that it's it's just that extra tool. If you, yeah. if that's that one extra thing you can do. It'll make you stronger. And, and more people will pay attention to you in that sense. But it doesn't mean you need it because there's some guys that are amazing DJs that they don't do much mic work. Yeah, I agree. They a set, man, and I can just listen to them all day. So, that, But I get you. Yeah, that is true. Um, I was actually going to ask you, like, because you did mention about all the stuff that, you know, about the DJs and the mics and all this stuff. Like, I'm going to actually shift a little bit um how we actually met because the way I actually met you obviously for the Clevelander I used I was a stage coordinator for 3 years working there in the Clevelander and the way I met you was basically for you spinning and emceeing at the same time I didn't know who you were like I kid you not LS I made no disrespect man but I didn't know any DJ that was in the Clevelander And yeah. it was later on that they tell me, it's like, oh, bro, like DJ LS is Power 95. This guy is from the Miami Heat. This other person does this. This other person does that. I'm like, whoa. But I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be ignorant. It's just that I recently moved to Miami, in South Florida, Miami. I didn't know anybody. I don't really listen much to radio, so I don't know who's the hottest DJ here and there. And I, I was just trying to get into it and see what's up. And... Yeah, you were the first one of the first people that I met when I got hired, you know, and I will never forget the day that we when and when they introduced me into you, man. And you were just like so full of energy, like all around. And it and it was it shocked me how you managed to be having so much energy by talking to me and presenting yourself to me. And then at the same time, NC and DJ are in front of other people and get the crowd going. I was like, wow, this guy is amazing. Thank you, man. Thank you. It truly means a lot, man. No, it, it really is, man. And and it's and it and I want to bring you up into that because I want to talk a little bit about our days in the Clevelander. Um because I see you I see you a lot and when I started, I didn't see you emceeing much more like staying at the DJ side and, and there were other people emceeing. So, did that ever bother you like 
you know, it's cool that these guys are in see, I'll just stick to the DJ skills or, you know. No, you know what happened is uh, before you had got there, we had a time period where we were doing a lot of shows mm -hmm. uh, on a weekly basis. We had a show Monday through Sunday, basically. And uh, for a while, I was the only MC doing all of those shows. Oh, wow. And as those shows kind of went away, I was the only MC. And it, it gets tiring in the sense that you have to do it weekend after weekend after weekend mm -hmm. after weekend. And just like anything, like any job that is too repetitive, you're going to get uh, burnt out. Yeah. And I think I came to a point where I was almost burnt out that I just needed to kind of step away. So we trained some other DJs. I trained them, got them uh, comfortable enough uh, that they could kind of hold those shifts and I could kind of just DJ uh, more and uh, do different gigs at different venues outside of the Clevelander and not be locked into just that Clevelander uh, uh, platform. Um, so yeah, I, 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 to me, man, if I can, a lot of people help me get to where I've gotten to and they gave me opportunities. And the only thing that I could ever do is give someone else that opportunity. Uh, the fear that, oh, look at that person, they're doing something that you could be doing or that, hell, man, they're taking my job. Uh, you never lost anything that wasn't yours. So if it wasn't mine to have at that moment, then it wasn't mine to have at that moment. And I've come to learn and understand that, especially in this business, Um, in music and in DJ, right. it's a very competitive uh, industry. Yes. And you have to learn to not get caught up in being competitive. You just got to learn to fall in love with the passion and love for the art of what you're doing. And yeah. if those opportunities come, they'll come. They'll, there's enough for all of us to eat. So the day you think there's scarcity or you think there's not enough is the day you change your mindset and you're coming and you're working out of a place of fear. And that never produces good art or in certain instances it might, but it overall, it doesn't allow you to just free flow. And so I've never seen any of the other MCs and I was happy that they were able to take it. And then when I would fill in in between, I was rejuvenated. I was like, let's do this because I haven't done it in a while. Right. So it was exciting again. So it feel like, oh man, here we go. I'm going to have a fun day today. I'm going to host this show and I don't have to do it all over again three days in a row. So, yeah, I get what you're saying because, yeah, I was the one on stage DJing while somebody else was emceeing at the Clevelander where I had done it for so long. But I, I actually enjoyed it, man. I liked DJing and I liked being back there and uh, I didn't mind that at all. <laughs> That's good to hear, man. Now, I actually want to retrace a little bit of what you said around it about the competitiveness. Like, believe it or not, I see that a lot in in my scene as well in the dubstep in the house in the edm scene overall i see a lot of competitiveness in the locals and i never understood do you know why in your scene is it because more the oh, there's a lot of open format djs and the there's a lot of places that we're trying to get to like why is it that you see a lot of people that do, they're trying to be sharks with each other instead of, you know, growing together as a community and helping each other out. Like I got you, you got me and, you know, all that type of stuff. I would say um, there's a lot of competition because it's uh, a lot of DJs. So uh, to make a living as a DJ or an MC or even as a producer mm -hmm. of music, um, you got to kind of have a, some luck. And you got to have uh, a mm -hmm. lot of time put into the craft and the business side of it. 
And what I mean by that is you got to build the network. You got to make friends, connections, and that you can't skip that. You can't shortcut no. that. It takes time. So when a DJ that's like done it for a long time is in that position that his network is strong enough that he can make a living as a DJ, then they want to hold on to that. And I don't blame them because that's your, your, your living. If yeah, you're not about DJing it. it, somebody else is getting paid for it. Mm. But um, I think it's also a good and a bad thing in our industry as DJs. I, I, I wish there'd be more unity. And, um, you know, my goal eventually in, in my plans of the future is to create a, a business that brings DJs together and creates a, an environment of support, not competition. I competition agree. is fun when you want to push yourself to another level and you want to create something that's unique and different uh, to watch amazing DJs like Scratch Bastard, like Craze, like uh, DJ Vice, like Espinosa. Uh, 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 Mina, uh, there's so many uh, and locally, DJ Conflict, Obscene, uh, DJ Kaz, uh, Zaya. Uh, there's so many uh, DJs locally, uh, Aerial uh, Assault. To watch those guys, you got to watch them because they've done it for so long and they've created such a beautiful art in the way they do what they do. And you can take little tidbits and instead of thinking, oh, how do I beat them? It's like, I like what he did. I could do that and do it in my own way. And learning that is one aspect of competition. But the other one is, is scarcity. Scarcity means you don't think there's enough. And I think that is too much of a mindset in the DJ industry um, because you don't want to lose your spot. But it's like I told you, I've come to understand if I lost that gig or I lost that residency, it was never mine. And that's one thing you have to come understand that you you are only as good as your last set. So you always have to continue to evolve. Absolutely. If you don't do that, others who are hungry, who are ready, are going to come and they're going to give it their all while you may be complacent and not doing your best. So, yeah, competition is good, but uh, scarcity is not. So I think that's a large part of the reason why you feel that the, a, a lot of that exists in this industry. A lot of competition in the yeah. sense that I don't want you to ever take what I have. But if you hold on to something too tight, there's no uh, opportunity for something to come in. And that's like a, a perfect example of finances and stuff. If you hold on to every penny, you'll never have an open hand to receive new money. And, and I think that's the same concept. If you wow. hold on to anything too long, then you'll never have opportunities for the things that could have happened or could have come your way. So uh, yeah, competition is there and it sucks sometimes because ultimately you need other people in this industry to help you push you forward. And until you find those people, you're going to have to really work hard and dedicate yourself to it. But yeah, I, I don't like that part of the business. I think, uh, we're going towards a future where we can create more unity and, and create more of an industry family versus so much competition. And I think those things are happening little by little uh, as people start doing more podcasts. They start inviting their DJ friends. Look at you and me. Like yeah. you know, These things are what create a change in the industry. And I think that's happening. Uh, moments like COVID-19, being uh, isolated, being within yourself, you no longer can compete. No one's working. Right now, no one has worked. Very few people do as we reopen. So you got to learn to be open and f use each other to support each other, especially in these times. 
I actually wanted to talk to you about uh, just a little brief about that aspect because we're under pandemic mode. Like, what was when did the when did the whole shutdown start? Like around mid March, right here in South Florida. Yeah. Like the first thing I said to myself is like, "Oh my god, bro! Like this is gonna hurt badly to all of my DJ friends. Not only you guys from the South Florida mm -hmm. area." But all my EDM DJs that do that basically their only living, the source of income comes from them touring every weekend. Like they tour every weekend and they haven't DJ in like in a while. And some of them are like literally making some dope music, but at the same time, they're losing their shit because they they felt like something that was artistry to them, something that was whole for them was taken away. And Without it, it's just pandemonium. How are you feeling amidst to all this that you haven't had the chance to DJ in a while? Um, it's it's been uh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I have a job where I still have had employment. Uh, if I did not have this job, uh, I would probably be in a very different situation mm -hmm. financially because. Before the job, all I did was depend off of DJing, mobile events, weddings, corporate events. And that has literally come to a full stop. Um, but uh, out of pressure, uh, diamonds grow out of pressure. And out of pressure, you're going to become stronger or you're going to collapse and you're going to have to reinvent yourself. <clears throat> so I think it's been tough, but it's also been an opportunity of growth for everyone. Uh, if you're going to do this business of DJing and nothing else, you have to learn to financially put yourself in a position to sustain what just happened. I had no idea it was going to be like this. I had zero expectation yeah. that things would come to this point. But it's been a life lesson where we've all have had to say, wow, like I got to think twice about spending a dollar here, spending a dollar there. And I got to think about this for the future. Once I do start DJing a lot more, I need to put more money away. I need to secure myself. I need to make sure that if this happens again for three months, that I can go ahead and, and bounce back. And it, a lot of guys, I, you know, uh, I, I was the director for a lot of DJs. We had a 15 DJ roster and, you know, I really wish that I could do so much more to make sure that those guys can still keep yeah. making money. Um, and I have tried as we start to reopen, I've been blessed that at the Cleveland there, as we reopen, I've been able to start DJing again, but it's definitely not the same. There's no clubs, there's no venues that are open that. I was always working and that all these other guys had. And I think it's, it's been an opportunity either to challenge yourself and say, how else can I do what I do for a living? Look at yourself. Like you started doing podcasts you started doing creation, you're creating content. And I think it's an opportunity and yeah. you know, we'll all be okay. Somehow a lot of DJs may have to figure out different ways of making income. Um, that doesn't mean you got to stop DJing. That just means you got to think about how do you set yourself up Long -term. so that this does happen again. Or if you need to come out of a hole that you fell in, you just got to put in some work. Uh, I'll give you an example. One year I was still working my day job and I started to MC a lot more. And I told myself that I hate this day job. I was working at a uh, DeVry University and I would work in a cubicle and I sit in front of a computer and I hated it. I hated it. I really didn't like being at a computer, doing stuff on a computer. So I spent more time trying to figure out how do I get out of this job while I was at the job that for a year, I was working almost seven days a week. I would 
uh, do my day job, leave day job, go home, eat, and then go MC a show. And I did that for seven days a week. And I did that almost for a whole year and my master's at the same time. So I packed a lot of work into a short amount of time and that I've been blessed enough to have that residual pay me off exponentially little by little. Uh, so you got to put in a lot of work at point in time, but if you do put it in, it will spit it back out for you and you just got to be patient. And I think that's another beautiful thing that this has taught us. We got to learn to be patient. Nothing fast. I agree. How we come out of COVID. It's not going to be a fast solution. No. So learning to be patient, learning to take a deep breath and learning to say, okay, I'm going to just deal with what I got to deal with, which what is what's in front of me. And then I'll figure out the rest as we right. go. So it's been a tough time, but I think it's also a time of growth and a time to, to propel us and sling, slingshot us forward. I agree. I couldn't agree more with what you say. And it's true, man. It's a tough time. And it's funny because my parents, my dad was talking, we were having our father-son thoughts and he was talking about, you imagine that instead of having your current job working at UM, where would you be? Like, yeah. like if I would still be working at the Cleveland there, I would be fucked. Because I'm pretty sure some of your some I'm pretty sure some of the stage coordinators over there. It's it's been what, difficult. They what what could you do when it's closed? Like everything's closed. Yeah, yeah. There's you gotta reinvent yourself. Yeah. Right? And some and yeah, some of the stuff is like you have to be patient, be blessed with what you got. You know, you're alive, you're here. All you can do is just move forward. This is just an obstacle in life. The universe always throws us some obstacles and you either move forward, jump ahead of it, or you just like, man, I can't deal with this. I'm out. And I'm one of those people that I'm a shark, bro. I will move forward all around. So if there's a fucking obstacle in front of me, I'll somehow look for the problem, so try to solve it, and then move forward to it. I'm not going to get stuck out of it, man. I don't like being stuck. And when I'm feeling stuck, I think that's where all the pressure and the heaviness starts to weigh in on me because then like, my God, how can I get out of this? How, man? Like, I don't like that. And finding stuff like this, like content, like making music or content creating a podcast and other stuff that actually other hobbies, let's just say other hobbies can actually make you feel, express yourself even more than what you were isolated because obviously everybody when it's isolated everybody loses their shit for example here in florida everybody's losing their shit all the time i mean charlamagne the god always say the craziest people in, in the world comes from the bronx and all in florida and i was like no man you can't you can't bash florida like that and then when all these stuff that's happening it's like oh wow i, I guess he he's going somewhere he, he has a point there I'm like wow yeah, well, I think, you know, Florida is a diverse place. And I yeah. think you have so many different kinds of people that you're going to see anomalies. You're going to see a lot of different uh, reactions. And, and that's what we are. We're a melting pot of so many different people from so many different parts of the world that other states don't have that. Other states don't have the diversity that we have here. They don't have Latinos, uh Haitians, Jamaicans, Jewish, uh, Russians, Americans, like, Americans, Africans, Europeans, Chinese. Yeah. They don't have all of those all in one area. And we do. So naturally, when you put that many people together, you're going to get some oddball people out of that process. But 
it, it, I think it represents us, man. We are unique. And that's why people come vacation here, come party here, come celebrate their life here whenever they're leaving their states. Yeah. So as crazy as we might be, yes, we uh, are. <laughs> I think we're also a very unique spot that everyone wants a piece of. Everybody wants a piece of us all the time. Like, I mean, if you're if you're living outside of Florida and you decide to travel to Florida, what are the top five places in your mind right now that you say, I want to go to this certain place in Florida, this certain place? What are the top five to your mind? Go. Florida? Yeah, in general. All in Florida. It could be Miami, Lando, Tampa, like anywhere. Which are the five places in Florida you would say right in, right in your mind that I want to go there and travel if you're living outside of Florida? Oh, I think automatically you got to do the Key West and the Keys. And there's several spots within the Keys. You got to do South Beach just because that's the iconic spot where people know and think of when they hear Miami. Uh, you got to do um, uh, West Palm Beach, which is another area that has a lot of diversity and a lot of fun. Uh, Fort Myers and, of course, Orlando. It's, inc it's incredible how everybody wants a piece of us. <laughs> so I actually want to switch it up a little bit and I'm, I got much more inspired of the stuff that you were saying when we we're enduring this uh, pandemic mode and trying to figure out ways to do, to do something that you want like you know that like we say like there's a lot of people that don't know financially on long term don't know what to do during this whole time but they found something that they can actually persuade but they're on a risky mode and we are in a risky mode why you should think that You should pers persevere your goal and go for it, you know, and work hard, extremely hard for it. And why uh, being humble in this era really pays off altogether? I, I think what it is, is you have to be, uh, you have to find something that truly interests you. And that's hard. Not everybody can figure that out. Not everybody has an opportunity to figure mm -hmm. that out. Not everybody starts in the same spot where they have the luxury of taking the time to figure that out. But I think throughout your life, uh, this experience that we call life, your your goal should always be to, to go towards a direction. But also we got to learn to not get caught up in just uh, a, a being focused on that. We have to learn to live and uh, be present. And that's hard enough because we have so many things that we're trying to fumble and try and create and we're trying to take care of and responsibilities, your mortgage, your cell phone, your electricity, but so many things that you're trying to fumble that it's hard to keep that focus, like you said, of your goals and your career. Now, uh, sometimes a lot of those decisions will require some risk. And what I feel is you should learn to take risk, but you should learn to take what's called in business, calculated risk. Calculated means I did as much research or I figured out as much as I needed to figure out in order for me to feel secure enough that if I have to face an obstacle, I have the tools to do it, even though I may not have the res the, the solution right away. Right. So our example is a DJ, right? If you want to become a DJ, It's scary to say, I'm just going to do DJing and nothing else because what happens when you don't have any work, right? So it's learning to calculate yourself and say, well, I need this much money for rent. I need this much money for food, gas, and all the basic essentials. If I can take care of that, do I need one, two, or three gigs to do that? Do I need five gigs a month, six gigs a month? 
And once you figure those numbers out, now you can take the risk of saying, hey, I'm just going to do this because I know I can get at minimum three gigs a month. And with three gigs a month, I pay my basic necessities. That's called a calculated risk. I calculated what my risk was. And if I do three gigs a month, I can do that. I can mitigate that risk. So in the humble part, um, humble just means that you no longer let ego drive your decision making and your state of mind. You allow yourself to be aware that anything you do and you have the opportunity to do is a blessing. Uh, it's hard sometimes to see that and believe that because just because you have a computer, how many people don't have a computer? How many yep. people don't have the ability to get a mic or to buy anything and yep. yet they'll figure out how to uh, achieve these, these goals that they still have that might be similar to ours. And we don't know, and we'll find ourselves frustrated having all the tools, having a computer, having, so humble, I think just allows you to not have friction in the process of what you're trying to achieve. Friction means you're not fighting the things around you. You're grateful for the things you have. And when you're grateful for those things, it becomes easier Preach. to achieve these goals. You're not caught up in competition. You're not caught up in wanting other people to feel like you did a good job. You're humble means you're self-aware. You know, you did a good job, but maybe you could have done better. And you're always going to strive to say, how do I get better? And how do I grow? And if you're humble about that process, it won't be a, a process that's hard. You won't feel frustrated. There won't be stress. You'll just accept and you'll be like, okay, I did good. I'm blessed that I had this opportunity. Maybe I can do better. And how can I grow? So learning to take risks and being humble in that process will just make the, the whole experience a lot less stressful and a lot less friction. It won't be so much uh, walls that you're running into. It's just curves that you got to learn to manage instead of running into straight up walls. So yeah, you got to, all those things help you achieve those goals, but you got to figure out a direction before you even do any of it. I gonna, agree. You know which direction you're going to run in. You're going to run out of gas. And if you don't run out of gas, you might end up settling for whatever is in your way. And that's what's difficult. And I, and not everybody can get, decide that it's very hard to get a lot of people to, to fight the things that they've already built, even though they're not happy with what they're doing. So to figure that out is a process. And I think that's what we call life. It's, it's a journey. It's not about a destination. It's about how do I grow, take my experiences and just evolve. I 100% agree because what was it? The, the term, the ca uh, calculated risk, right? I did exactly that during my Clevelander days because obviously the whole time I was planning, I want to be a touring DJ because that's what I love the most. That's exactly why I wanted to do everything that I've been doing. It's just DJ. I've been DJing since I was 15. I've DJed at all sorts of venues, at all sorts of programs, even festivals that you were You were, you know, you remember those conversations that I, I showed you the videos. I DJ at Life at Color, at uh, EDC, at Dreamland, and all these, like, and you saw how happy I was, how pumped I was because I was trying to achieve to it. But yeah. it was, I was at that time that I wasn't realizing what was my risk of, of pursuing that because I, because I had bills to pay. I had student loans. I had a car payment to build. I had a rent to pay. And like, I need to get my priorities straight. 
it looked like DJing wasn't getting me to that point that I want to be, especially making music. And I love making music. I I have no problem with it. But it got to a point that I wasn't feeling it and I wasn't happy. And I was trying to picture myself on my long term. Is this what's going to happen? Like, is this what I really want? Let me see myself 10 years. Am I going to be doing this for the next 10 years? Like, what's the longevity on this Um, as a DJ? You know, like, do they last? Like, all that stuff. I've done all that calculations. And I decided that, hey, man, I'm great at what I'm doing right now. I'm very great at being an audiovisual technician. Love setting up LED walls like the ones in the Cleveland. They're love playing them. I love setting up speakers. I love doing this. I love being in control of something. I love I love being like I'm the boss for for the whole program that's happening. And thankfully, I was able to get the job that I have right now working at UN that I'm doing all that type of stuff and now running that department itself. And that's one of those um calculated risks that were part of, you know, like should I should I take that route or should I stay with this route, which gets if I stick with this route, this is the risk I'm going to be taking. If I should take this one that I'm in right now, these are all the opportunities that can give me. And I did the great decision to doing so because, because of it, I'm much more free of making music. I'm no longer using it as a as a like a means to like I'm forcing myself to do it. Now I can just like do it whenever I feel like it, when I'm happy. And when I'm doing it, it just makes me happy. Stuff like this, it gets me an open world overall that gives me a lot of liberty and freedom to do more stuff than just that. And, and I'm, and it's true. Like guys, you always remember like what LS says, have a calculated risk, like plan up your stuff, making sure that, you know, what is it that you want? It's going to be something that you'll be happy because I, I, absolutely. That's another essential thing. You must feel happy. If you're not happy with what you're doing, then, you know, then, then don't risk it. it. It's a very risky, especially now in times, it's very risky of doing stuff like it. And now this is where all the DJs are trying to plan out like, all right, what else can I do besides just DJing? Let me use my knowledge and skills on other stuff, you know? And it's and it's interesting because that's how I'm right now. I'm seeing a lot of people DJing on live streams, Instagram, Facebook, like you name it. And surprisingly some of the people that i know that they dj live streams the radios are hitting them up it's like yo i saw you on this for so and so you have any fitting to take about that what as far as the live streaming stuff yeah well yeah you know you gotta find everybody's gotta find a platform that makes sense for them um uh, to to me unfortunately i don't got the time i did it once or twice during the quarantine uh the live streaming but um, it's it's different. It's just a different platform, a different experience. Um, if you got a lot of followers, people will tune in, and it's great. It's an opportunity to have a relationship with you, uh, with not being able to go see you live or see you perform. So um, I just don't. Uh, I would caution to uh, just use that and 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 become oversaturated. And what I mean by that is, if you do it too much, people just don't know they can tune in. Yeah. You five other people at any time and they might lose that uh excitement that fire of having you know your live streaming so if you do it too much yeah maybe you become saturated or you become too repetitive and people i've already kind of heard your sets i kind of know how you're going to do your thing i'll listen to you once or twice but that's about it mm. 
But hey, if you got one new listener out of it, I think it's worth it. I think it's an opportunity, but I would also say, just be careful. Make sure you put your best foot forward. Don't just get on there and do whatever. Uh, especially if you're starting out, if you're starting out and make sure maybe make, make mixes that you produce in a certain way that have more quality over doing something live uh, on the stream, because you might not give you your best. Uh, live is a very different experience than a produced mix. When you produce a mix, you know which way you're going. Yep. Uh, when you're going live, you can easily go off on a direction that you didn't even expect, which could be good, but it could also be bad because you might get lost and you lose yeah. the flow. But, you know, that comes with experience. So, yeah, I think you got to figure out, everybody's got to figure out what makes sense for them, what resonates, which means what feels the best or more normal uh, behavior for you and if it's live streaming and you feel comfortable with the camera and the whole setup and the whole stuff go for it do it make it special create something unique uh, but don't get caught up too much into it and and spend some time outside of that camera spend some time working on your library on scrubbing your music scrubbing your crates and all that stuff so i agree yeah it's hey we gotta invent ourselves in like, look at this right now. We're able to zoom meet and do a podcast. Yep. Do really five, maybe 10 years ago with the same ease. It wasn't as easy to just do it. And now anybody can do that. So yeah, take advantage of the tools you have at hand. Now are all those tools got you to where you are to be the entertainment director of the Clevelander? No, well, tools, if, if you mean just social media? No, no, no. This is, apart, apart from social media, like all your hard work, like all your accomplishments, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got you to the to be the entertainment director. Without a doubt. Um, my experience has allowed me to have those tools to know how to handle certain situations, to think about those situations. And if I don't know, there's a lot I don't know. I have friends that I respect that are extremely talented in certain areas mm -hmm. that I don't have that full expertise in. And there's been a lot of support that I've had around me that has allowed me to bring it all together and be that person that at the Cleveland there, if they go to me, I can, I've learned how to wire and fix LED walls. I've learned to wire and, and cut and create uh ethernet cable audio Oof. cable i've learned to do software for audio for the lasers that we've installed uh, i've learned to change and rotate tvs i've learned and i have a lot of that experience from doing mobile events i've done weddings i've done corporate events i've been in very big events very small events and i've dealt with clients for a long time so you learn to talk to clients you learn to know what they're expecting and you learn to see what the client wants before they even think about it. So all that, yeah, all of that experience has allowed me to be in the role that I'm in. And, and even to this point right now, I'm learning. I'm learning every single day and I'm trying to figure out how do I take those tools and those tools and create, you know, more experience and, and be a more well-rounded individual in being able to not only DJ, entertain, but to learn how to see it to learn how to help others get better at what they're doing and to put people who are really good in front of others so that I am as a director now hiring a great NMC, a great DJ, a great performer. So 
all that was experienced through these last 11 years have allowed me to understand my role as a director. And it's a blessing. So, yeah, man, uh, without a doubt, all that experience has. has uh, now, given- now, two things. One, would you consider that as one of your greatest accomplishments, being a director of, of the of of the clean render? And B, um, has that affected your your side business in any shape or form? Well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's my greatest accomplishment. Uh, I think right now, uh, one of the greatest accomplishments I can say I've achieved is I found the woman who said yes to me. Yes. Uh, to marry me. Yes. To accept me for all that I am. And that in itself is a huge accomplishment. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful moments I had in my life. And uh, that's without a doubt one of the most important moments in my life. I've had a lot of great moments. Uh, I DJed and emceed for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars inside their stadium. I wow Major League Baseball at the Marlins Park. I've done festivals in front of thousands of people. And I've been blessed to be able to do that. Um, so all those experiences, I don't think there's just this one experience that's outside of what I just told you, which is, you know, having uh, my wife and meeting her and having that opportunity in my life, in my lifetime. Um, I've had so many blessed opportunities. This past uh, Super Bowl at the Cleveland, there, uh, I put on a concert for three days that was massive. And I co-hosted for First Take ESPN for... Uh, nice. Filming, like we did a lot of stuff, and and those are very special moments. Uh, becoming a, a director, I never actually wanted to do that job. I think you know that we talked many times on that stage, and yeah, it, it was a tough position, and I I just didn't. I was happy with where I was at. Now, when I took that opportunity, is because uh, the GM at that time really wanted me on that side of the business, and he really poked me and he for three years he had been talking to me about getting onto the side of being a director or being more in the direction versus the performer and eventually i i took it i don't know everything lined up right in my life for me to decide to take that opportunity but it wasn't one that i was like oh i can't wait to become director i was i was hesitant i really i just kind of wanted to do what yeah. i do and then keep djing on the side And yeah, without a doubt, it took more time and it shifted my attention towards directing and doing that job well. And it has taken away from my mobile DJing, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that because I've learned so much on this end that also helps me on that end that if tomorrow I'm no longer the director, all the tools I gained from this experience, without a doubt, will make the other side of my business yeah. way stronger. So. Uh, yeah, the, that would, that's what I would say as far as uh, the greatest opportunity. That, that is dope, man. Because I was going to say, it's like, man, that that's pretty weird that you got the job as an entertainment director. Like, like Edwin had it. Dina had it. Like, and I don't know. I, I, I saw the news. They were happy when they got it. But then I saw like the stressful side to it, you know? Yeah, yeah there's a lot. I... I I love all that stuff and I kind of already knew a lot about that stuff. And to me, it wasn't uh, a bad day at work. I enjoy being a part of producing, creating, yeah. 
managing all those things to me was fun now but do you have stressful moments yeah it's absolutely like yeah. you're gonna have these moments where you know the business side of it wants you to do more and you maybe want more freedom you want more time and you want more decision making power but you gotta learn to deal with that push and pull situation so yeah no edwin uh dina mark a lot of those people they took on that opportunity. They did a great job with what they knew and they did their best. And yeah. there was a lot in those roles. Uh, and I've tried to hopefully do my best. And I hope that I, you know, to the people I've worked with that I've done a good job and I will always try and get better at it, but it's not easy. It's not an mm -hmm. easy role to have to manage uh, so many DJs, to have to manage an agency's performers, have to do budgets, have to worry about expenditures and managing all those things, your stage hands, making sure they're taken care of in that process. You got a lot to, to you got to fumble and juggle. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I wasn't too excited about being in that role, <laughs> but I like the challenge. And I, that's why I think I would say more than anything, I took on a challenge to see if I could. That's a positive way to look at things, you know. I like I always enjoy your a positive outlook to stuff, you know, cuz you, you it seems like you try to spin it around it's like when something you think that's bad or heavy and if you somehow spin it around and say like, "Hey, but hey, look at the bright side to this. At least this is what I'm going to get. This is what I gain." And that's are some of the stuff I learned from you um during the Clevelanders. Like I love that positive attitude and I apply that on every outlook or aspect or stuff that I do with my life right now. It's like, hey, hey, look at the bright side. We're healthy. We're happy. Hey, we look at we got this. We got that, you know. So before we wrap this up, we got I got two more questions. One of them you actually managed to answer, but it has a continuation. So what are you currently doing, which is being entertainment director? And what do you hope to accomplish? Uh, right now in the future uh, for L DJ LS, what's in it? Well, um, well, right now we're just trying to manage the business uh, at the hotel. Okay. What I would say as far as manage the business uh, at this very moment, the state of Florida is went from quarantining, bringing down the numbers to reopening to now, unfortunately, the virus has spread to a very high degree. Yes. And where we work, South Beach, the Clevelander, Ocean Drive, uh, our business relies on tourism. Yeah. Um, people coming from other parts of the world to experience what we do and have an, a fun time. And right now, we are not even at half. We're at a quarter of what we used to be. And for example, in my department, I used to have stagehands. Right now, it's just me. It's just wow. me managing everything, uh, the DJ side, wow. the production, the lighting, the TVs. I don't mind it. I, I, I have learned so much and I like the work, but it is a bit stressful right now because we don't know what's going to happen. There's no clear map to saying, you know, we're going to, uh, our sales are going to continue to grow or that. Tomorrow, they might decide to close Florida again or close South Beach and say, you guys all have to stay home because of the health risk that exists. 
And I don't know where that'll leave us. It might have required me to get furloughed. It might require me to be let go. You know, the business is going to have to make decisions. So I think that uncertainty right now is what's difficult to manage. It's what's difficult to, to kind of not know where we're going, but Hey, right now I'm doing what I can as far as uh, every single day. I am blessed to be able to manage that that, that property and and still DJ uh, on the weekends at the Cleveland there as we slowly start to reopen. And ultimately, my goal, um, I, I, I want to ultimately have my own business where I create uh, an institution of learning. And um, Oh, wow. Speak about it, please. Yeah. I'm not going to get into too much detail. I don't want to give it away. Okay. But, no, just a brief. It, just give me a brief. Into the idea of networking everyone and, and teaching and creating a, a platform where DJs can learn the business side of things, because I think there's so much to this business. This opportunity also is a great moment where if you didn't plan accordingly, no one ever taught you how to, you may have fallen flat on your face because you haven't made any money. And there's a lot of, of uh, that goes into the business side of DJing that is hard to learn uh, by experience because when you learn by experience, you lose money, you lose opportunities, and it's a lot harder to focus on your your art because you're so worried about the business of it. So yeah, my goal is ultimately to teach and to help push others and, and give others an opportunity with the experiences that I have acquired and to give them that opportunity. Somebody gave it to me. Somebody helped me. There's so many people that have helped me in the process that without their help, I wouldn't have been able to achieve anything that I've achieved. So my goal is to be able to do that and, and to be able to spend uh, doing something where it's not all work. It's a lot of work and I enjoy doing it, but it's also a lot important to me to have family time, to have the opportunity to be with my wife and, and, you know, eventually have our kids and, have time to spend with them and not be dedicated to a job and just that. So my goal is, is that uh, learning as much as I can right now, taking as many uh, experiences as I can so that when I'm ready, I can launch something that is worthwhile that people will want to be a part of. Hey, man, count me in on that. Count me in. If you need somebody to like to teach Ableton or how to sound this, how to do projects, how to be a good producer, mix engineer, mastering. And know how to record and what what tools you need and what what studio equipment you need and whatnot. Come here, man. I love oh, it. Doubt. That's what it's all about. Uh, it's it, all our friendships, everything that I've been able. I've met a lot of people, uh, yourself and a lot of other guys in different areas that have an expertise that I think if we bring everyone together, we're able to create yeah. uh, an opportunity for you to make money, but for people to learn also in that process. Hey, count me in all the way, brother, because this is exactly one of the reasons why I created this podcast, this entire show. If you if you haven't got the chance to listen to my uh, to a couple of episodes, this entire show for for right now, this is the 10th episode. So all these 10 episodes is basically I'm talking about all the experience I've gone through in the industry, in the music industry and all my live experiences of DJs and producers and engineer and whatnot. Also explaining stuff that you can do. So oh, what are the difference between making music in the bedroom, making music in the studio? What else can you go? What else can you achieve? The do's, the don'ts and all that stuff. 
like this is the reason why I created this platform. It's so it's a teaching platform. That's how I'm looking at it because I love to teach people. I love to share my knowledge, my experience to somebody because maybe somebody out there is actually having some difficult time not getting there. And maybe me and my show is actually giving them like, oh, my God, that's exactly what's happening to me. And maybe, oh, let me not do what I'm doing. Let me do what what he told me to do and all that stuff. Guidance, you know, advice is. That's what I like. That's what I like. This is why I created this show. And and you hearing that, you saying that, hey, count me in if you need me to be an instructor for that future plan. I'm I'm all forward to it. So bef- let's wrap this up with this final question. And it's, and it's a perfect way to end this with a positive note. What advice can you give to someone who wants to start being a multitasker success or somebody who's trying to achieve something what advice can you give that person to achieve their goals um the best thing i could say is don't get caught up with the destination uh if you are trying to climb a mountain uh the most exciting part of climbing that mountain is going up the hill it's never reaching the top of the hill it's never reaching the top of the mountain the top of the mountain Once you're there, all it is is how to stay up there. And staying up there is never going to be as exciting, as fun as climbing that mountain. So in whatever you're doing, don't get caught up in making sure you get to that top of the mountain. Enjoy, embrace, uh, look around and take in every moment that you can. If you're going up a mountain, you would look at the trees. If you are going up a mountain, you're going to see animals, all kinds of different birds, all kinds of different species. And in life, as you're climbing the mountain of your goals, you're going to see different people. You're going to have different experiences. And if you're so caught up with being at the top of that mountain, you're going to miss everything that's passing you by. And if you miss it all, then what was the point of it? The point of this of any goal, of any experience, is for you to take it in. One thing that we forget is we are human beings. We have to learn to be. We're not human doers. And we get too caught up in trying to do, 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 instead of learning how to be. And being doesn't mean you don't uh, take care of your responsibilities. You don't um, work towards a goal. Being means you know how to take it all in. So whatever goal it is you're pursuing, whatever it is, Have the destination, know where the top of the mountain is, but make sure that you embrace and enjoy the process. An example is you. You have gone from stage hand to learning all that experience there to then taking that. And I remember when you got your job at UM. Yep. You're super excited. And you're also kind of scared because you didn't know where you're going to be able to uphold that opportunity, where you're going to be able to hold the position, where you're going to be qualified enough. And look at you. That was about two, three years ago already. Yeah. And you've held it and you're still there and you've learned it. And now you're running a department. Like, that's the point, right? Like, how exciting was it when you got the job? How exciting was it on your first day? How yeah. exciting it was when you overcame and you learned something? That is the process. Enjoy that process and keep moving forward. That'll naturally happen if you're enjoying the process. So if you're going to climb to the top of the mountain, enjoy the climb. 
I 100% agree to that. So with that, I'm going to follow up with my advice. When you're trying to get to a goal, this is some of the five stuff that I do follow by heart. Work hard for whatever you're trying to reach. Dedicate yourself to it. Persevere. Don't give up. Make it through because you're going to go for it. Administer your time and have the patience for it. And above all, humbleness. Being humble all around with no ego whatsoever pays off. People enjoy people when they're feeling like, wow, this guy can do all this stuff and he's humble about it. Like it will get you far. So we're going to wrap this up. And DJ LS, thank you very much for this part of this episode. I really enjoy this very much. Before we leave, plug yourself out, man. Put out all your social medias and put it out there so we can, so the listeners can actually follow you as well. Yeah, for sure, man. On Instagram, uh, that's the main tool I use. It's at DJ LS, which is Larry Sam Live L I V E. So it's DJ LS Live. Uh, and that's also my website, DJ LS Live.com. If you ever want to listen to mixes and hours and hours of mixes, you can go to my website and there's hours and hours of mixes there on Mixcloud and on SoundCloud at DJ LS Live. So, yeah, by all means, anybody who wants to be friends, let's do it. Absolutely. Are all your Power 90s um, mixes are there as well? They can Everybody can yeah, listen I, to it I there? I don't a large amount of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like to use them so much because in, it, the songs overlap, so I don't ever want the mixes to be like repetitive in nature. Got so, you. Yeah, but there's plenty of hours of uh, so many different types of mixes that they can go and enjoy. So when are the when are the days that people can listen to you on the radio? It's uh, right now we're doing every other weekend. So mm -hmm. this weekend I'll be there on uh, a Friday uh, night. Uh, we have special guests on Saturday, big name artists that are going to be doing featured mixes. And but if not on the weekends, just on the weekends on Power ninety six. And if you follow me, I try and post every time I'm going to be on there. And uh, yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you very much, LS. And Got it. just want to say thank you for all the listeners. And always remember, every week is a brand new episode of a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe to get your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And also, you can check out my YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com. So Guys, comment down below and share your experience. We actually want to hear it. If you want to tag me or tag a list to hear your experience, hey, open arms. We're here to listen and we're going to give you guys all our knowledge about it. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one. Deuces. Deuces.